Hello and a welcome to the Get French Football News Show. Uh, an exciting uh, opening weekend of League and Fixtures has just come to an end. Uh, I'm Adam White and I'm joined by Eric Devin. Hi, Eric. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jeremy. And Jeremy Smith, as Eric previewed there. Hi, Jess. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Thanks. It was a brilliant weekend of Ligan football. We're going to run through the results in just a moment and we're going to talk to the guys about the uh, very exciting goings on, a very eventful weekend, and maybe touch on a certain Argentinian 34 year old who might be heading to Paris in the next couple of days. So, Friday night, the opening game between Monaco and Nantes was a one all draw. Leon and Brest on Saturday afternoon produced the same result. Paris Saint Germain later that evening came from behind to defeat Troyes. 2-1. Ren and Lons played out an exciting one-all draw as well on Sunday morning, and they were followed by the multiplex in which Snetien also drew 1-1 with Lorient, a classic league and result 1-1. If you look back over the seasons, the amount of 1-1s that French football gets is quite astonishing. Uh, Strasbourg-Angers finished 2-0 to the away side Angers. The same result uh, in Bordeaux as Clermont promoted Clermont with fantastic uh, enterprising performance in beating a hapless Bordeaux 2-0. Nice and Reims drew 0-0 and after the multiplex Metz and Lille produced a thrilling 3-3 draw which we'll get to in just a second and Sunday night uh, the headline game I suppose uh, of the weekend Montpellier led Marseille 2-0 but were paid back to lose 3-2 which leaves Clermont and Angers, top of the league. They were my bottom two predictions, a team that I predicted last week on our preview pod. If you have listened to that, go back and listen to it. Um, but they were my bottom two, so hopefully it doesn't stay like that. Uh, we'll start with uh, Lionel Messi. Um, the reports flying around all over the place about where exactly he is, whether he's at home, whether he's on a plane. Uh, Paris uh, Saint-Germain fans have been gathering at various airports around Paris, waiting for him to turn up. He hasn't turned up just yet. The news suggests, uh, without getting too carried away, that it looks relatively imminent. Um, I regret saying that. But uh, Eric, this would be huge, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, I mean, right, you know, I know that we we like to look to the future with with Ligue 1, with the idea of young players uh, coming out of the league as, as being a sort of hallmark of its success uh, and, and indeed of its visibility worldwide. But I think that, you know, in the social media era, in the area of modern uh, consumption of, uh, of football, I, I, you know, I think that there is no greater star than Lionel Messi. And perhaps to have him come to the league would be, would be fantastic. It would make them even bigger favorites for the league. For the league, but also, I mean, you would have to say prohibitive favorites for the Champions League. Um, you know, I again, if Pochettino didn't have enough issues keeping uh, a relatively large squad happy, he certainly does now. Um, but uh, I, I think it, in concert with that, um, that the idea that, um, you know, the players who might, whose playing time might suffer as a result of this, say, maybe Angel Di Maria, you know, a player like that, um, you know, might not have as much of a problem as, as some other players, you know, looking at the opportunity to, you know, to play a club level with his, with his national teammate. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a, there really aren't words to describe the magnitude of this move. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that things come off well and that, you know, PSG can make good on all the promise. 
Absolutely. Um, it's exciting stuff. Um, someone at GFFN uh, used the word biblical to describe the, the sort of goings on, which I used in our, in our me and Eric share. Those you don't know, share, we share a Guardian uh, column every week. And it was unsurprisingly on the potential arrival of the MMS this week. And I sort of used that there because that was a good way to describe um, the craziness and the sort of wide-eyed disbelief in France at the moment. Uh, Jez, Eric touched on it a little bit there, but where on earth does Pochettino play everyone? Where does Messi fit in? I think this is the thing, and, and I agree with Eric. I mean, it, it's definitely, no doubt about it, a positive overall, but it does kind of pose more problems. And they're, I think, more of the same problems that we've seen the last few years. And it, it's a similar thing to the sort of original Real Madrid Galacticos project. It doesn't matter how many Ballon d'Or or greatest players in the world or amazing attacking talents you've got if you don't have a balance in the team. And I think that has been the issue um, at PSG, where certain positions are sort of overly stacked and others maybe are, are a little bit wanting in terms of quality. And as we, we spoke about last week, the, this transfer window so far has definitely gone some way to improving things, but it is still going to be an issue and there are going to be sort of politics for, for Pochettino to deal with. And Di Maria is is definitely as Eric said, possibly the full guy, but it depends if if Pochettino or whoever else is making the decisions is insistent that, you know, Messi, Di Maria, Mbappe and Neymar, all of them need to be featuring, then there's going to be a gap somewhere else. And, um, you know, I've seen lots of, this would be the PSG team with Messi sort of hypotheses. And, and some of them have, have come up with, a midfield that is just made up of Verratti and Wijnaldum, for example, to me, that's that's asking for trouble. It's all very well having these players up front, but you need to get them the ball. And if you're not winning the ball in the first place or you're too busy picking the ball out of your own net because you don't have enough um, of a sort of defensive shield um, in front of the back four or back five or whatever it is, then... then you know, other teams, they might not have the same kind of quality on paper, but we know that there's some very good quality setups around Europe and, and that a lot of them will have the nous and the know-how to, to, to work their way around what is a very, very talented forward line. So um, in answer to your question, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's not as simple as PSG have got the best player in the world, arguably the best player of all time. Therefore, they are going to win the Champions League. It makes them even stronger contenders than they were than they were already. But um, as they say in France, the the mayonnaise has to has to take. And the you know it's an eleven team game, as we saw only this weekend. Sorry, not to preempt things, but despite the talent on show. You know, they still were reliant on Navas, for example, to, to get their win. Again, it's the whole team that needs to be performing and you can't just rely on Messi and Neymar and Mbappe to pull them out of the fire against the top clubs when it comes to sort of March-April time in the Champions League. Absolutely. It certainly is an interesting uh, jigsaw puzzle for Mauricio Pochettino to, to figure out. I think one thing that's that stood out for him um, in, since at Tottenham and at PSG is that he does struggle to set up a team to break down teams that sit in against 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 his his side and and you'd hope Lionel Messi would would uh would would help that you know with his sort of the way he's able to operate in such small areas and and, and so intelligent with his passing and movement and vision um 
that, that you know that's a bit of a that sort of overrides a lot of that. But PSG's problem has been, um, as Jess said, the the the, the against against Lorient against Nantes, in particular last season when they lost those two games to struggling teams, they were sort of uh, easily uh, countered, perhaps when they when they shouldn't have been, and those gaps did did, did uh, exist. Um, anyway, we'll move on to uh, a brilliant weekend, an opening weekend of of Ligue 1. Uh, and I really want to start with Jesu again, uh, just because uh, your your Mets. Uh, you're, you're a big Mets fan, and I thought this was the game of the weekend, the most exciting game. Mets led 3-1, uh, had Kiate sent off, uh, and Leal, champions Leal managed to sort of claw their way back and, and get a 3-0 draw with a Burak Yilmaz 97th uh, minute uh, equaliser. Um, I I was a little sceptical about Mets on the pod last week, and you guys had them above, way above me in your predictions in the table, but... They were brilliant here, weren't they, Jez? And the, the Matthew Udo goal, third goal, was was a fantastic flowing move. It was. It's been interesting to see um, mass fans on on social media since the match, where you kind of expect a lot of black humour, and you know it's the hope that kills you, and it's all the the usual kind of things you expect from mess. But actually, everyone's been really positive, and obviously we're a bit gutted that we didn't hold on for the win, but I think it was more the, the performance, which, you know, the mess, mess teams aren't always known for the flowing football, even when they've been effective, you know, for a lot of time last season, it wasn't, there were mitigating circumstances in that all our strikers are injured, but it was never sort of champagne football. And and yesterday with this, this sort of back three and, and, um, Delaine and Santon's pushing on it really was exciting and, and not the kind of stuff we're used to seeing there's a lot of really talented young players as well and as you said sort of Santon's pop of all players popping up with two goals I think he's only ever had before yesterday I think he's only ever had one goal in, in Liga. so it says something about the sort of switch to or how, how attacking minded he was yesterday um, and yeah, Udol, it was the end of a, a, a really good one-touch move. So I think despite the frustration, despite the fact that arguably Kiate maybe could have got away with a yellow, it was sort of a dangerous lunge, but I'm not sure he actually touched Ilmaz. Um, that it's annoying that we conceded too late on, but generally I think if this is kind of us setting out our stool for the way we're going to play this year, then I think everyone's really positive that it's going to be fun to watch and good to see a mess team kind of playing with some kind of confidence and possibly not only thinking in terms of we'll do whatever we need to do to get our 40 points and stay up, but actually look to to push on and, and really take teams on. Pulling a Galtier, right? In terms of going from being negative to positive. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he hasn't always been known as the most positive coach, I think it's fair to say, but he has been there and done that. And obviously in sort of 20 years or whatever it is of experience, I guess, has learned to kind of play to his team's strengths and play different systems according to what's needed. I'm sure there will be times this year where we do sort of shut up shop, but it's nice just to be able to see that we're not going to plan to do that for the full 38 matches. Absolutely. Um, it was, it's great to see Antonetti doing well, as we talked about last week. And, and you're absolutely right. There's, there's, feel there's, a, there's been a slight sort of switch in, in, in ethos there to, to, to some extent. Now, now you've got now you've got fit forwards. Uh, Nian, I thought actually played OK yesterday. Um, got, got a bit of criticism in the paper, but uh, uh, was in, uh, integral to both goals. And, and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed Mets yesterday. So as you said, Santons was 
was excellent. Uh, Delane was good actually on the left-hand side as well. Uh, brilliant cross for Santonzi's header. Um, yeah, a really exciting uh, season ahead, hopefully, for Mets. Uh, Eric, um, you're, 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 you're Leon. Uh, you're a big Leon fan, of course. You're, My your Leon. Boy, My Leon. You're, you're Leon. <laughs> we'll just go with that. You're Leon. Your Leon didn't do too well <laughs> this weekend. Not quite as well as Mets, perhaps, at least in, in performance. Um, a 1-1 draw with Brest uh, at home. Um, how did this play out? Yeah, I mean, you know, Peter Bosch addressed this as much in the match. The team weren't playing with the sort of verticality he wanted. Uh, they weren't spreading play. They weren't playing the style he wanted uh, really for the first half. And, and, and there was a good chance for Moussa Dembele about on the half hour mark. He didn't take it. Um, you know, again, I know Leon fans are can be of two minds with him. He's had some wonderful moments, but he's, he also does miss a lot of presentable chances. You know, he's sort of the maybe the Cavani light without the running I guess, in terms of his finishing. Um, but no, I, you know, Brester and enterprise inside Michel Zakarian makes this team hard to beat. Uh, he can have them be opportunistic as well. Um, you know, yes, they lost Roman Perot, but there's a lot of continuity. If you look at this Brest 11, uh, minus Aronin, um, there is, um, you know, this is the same team they played last year and, and Bezo, the keeper as well, obviously. But again, there's a lot of continuity with Brest. They're a team that are familiar with each other. They know what they want to do. They're not an easy opponent. Um, and Leon, with the absences they had, missing Corne, missing Denier, uh, missing Guimaraes, um, not having Paqueta fit enough to start. Uh, you know, I think that's that sort of speaks for itself. It, it was a diminished Leon team. Bosch said as much. We're not ready. Um, I, I think, you know, it's tempting to leap to conclusions, but, um, you know, let's, let's see where Leon, uh, you know, are in a couple of weeks' time once they've had uh, Paqueta back, once Guimaraes is, is back. I mean, he just finished the Olympics. What was that Sunday? Uh, so it's going to take a while for, you know, really into the international break for Bush to have his full squad at his disposal. Um, to breed that level of familiarity and understanding with the players. Um, but that said, you know, I think there are some positives to take. I think that Slimani and Paqueta uh, did affect the match in a positive way in coming on. Um, I think the attacking potential for this team is, you know, as good as it's been in quite some time, um, you know, probably going back to when Mariano Diaz was with the team um, in terms of having a variety of goal scoring options. So yeah, it's definitely some positives to take. Uh, I think perhaps a little bit frustrated that, um, you know, again, it's, it's only natural given that given Paqueta's, uh, having played in the, in the Copa America, he wasn't available, uh, to play. You know, I think he's kicking out the training on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, there was a doubt whether he even be in the squad. So again, you know, not the, you know, in terms of points, not a great result, but again, if you're going to look at the other teams that won, uh, you know, save Marseille and PSG, I really don't think that, you know, Monaco drew. Nice drew, Ren drew, Lille drew. You know, it's not something that's going to make a difference in the table coming into the season. Um, so again, you know, Bosch is trying to radically change the style with a team that maybe is like two thirds of his his ideal first choice team. Um, again, frustrating, but not by no means catastrophic or or cause for alarm. Uh, as you know, some other matches maybe maybe for some other teams. <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. I, I, do, I think it's a good case for uh, the transfer window finishing before the season starts to some extent, because you feel like, although what well, I've said relatively recently that, you know, he wasn't necessarily looking 
too hard in the transfer market. It felt like this is a Leon, as you said, a work in progress, not just for injuries, but for signings and for players that aren't fit, like Bakatar coming back. But um, a disappointing result. You're absolutely right. There were only two, only two winners. There were eight draws and 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 uh, two two other matches ended in 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 wins. Uh, one of which was um, Clermont Bordeaux, uh, which was a huge surprise to some extent. Um, we we were pretty down on on Clermont to some extent last year. They finished bottom of our predicted table in our in our in our preview pod last week. Um, but they were absolutely fantastic in in winning two 0 at Bordeaux, who were awful. Um, really worrying times at Bordeaux for you know Vladimir Pekovic, who just come in, um, replacing uh, Gasset, who was removed uh, over the summer, with uh, Gerard Lopez taking over, who was former Lille uh, owner, now owner at Bordeaux, uh, and hoping to, of course, do do a very similar job to the, well, not necessarily that he did, that transpired why he was owner uh, owner of Lille. Um, uh, and but Clermont deserved the win, and they were they were enterprising and. Uh, exciting, pacey, direct, everything that Bordeaux weren't, who were dull and slow and, and had, as they struggled with last season, very, very little creativity. Um, I was really impressed with Clermont's front three in particular, Mohamed Bayer, who we discussed uh, previously a, a little bit last week, he, um, mentioned at least uh, his, his uh, what, 22 goal season, I think, in, in Ligue 2 um, as top scorer. Uh, he was a real threat, brilliant movement, a uh, real handful and perhaps should have had a hat-trick or even could have had a hat-trick maybe uh, before he, he got the open in the 82nd minute. But it was long overdue. They had the ball in there twice, uh, two offside uh, shouts that were correctly given, to be fair. But they, they were all over Bordeaux for, for the 82 minutes before Bio scored. And uh, Joe Del Dosso and, and, and Jim Avigna, uh, Alavigna, sorry, on, on the flanks were, were both uh, key throughout. Pacey and direct, as I said, um, and created a lot of chances. And Bordeaux's defending was was worryingly static and, and sort of lackluster. Koscielny, Lauren Koscielny, you could see him getting frustrated. Obviously, uh, last season, there was a, he a little bit injured, but you, you could you could sort of hear his frustration, his issues, and, and, and he'd see it in his demeanour when he, when he did play. Um, he must be thinking this, this, this Bordeaux team could get, you know, maybe he could end up getting relegated, you know, uh, the way, the way that they started yesterday. And given that both Trois and Clermont both played well over the, over the course of the weekend. And there aren't many weak, weak, weak looking sides of Rance and, and Angers both play who perhaps we discussed on the pod last week might be ones to slip down the table. Both, both played well this weekend. So Bordeaux lucky to survive perhaps last season, but uh, in real, in real trouble this time, um, around. Um, so looking at the rest of the results over the course of the weekend, um, I really wanted to pick up on uh, the, the game last night uh, between Montpellier and Marseille. Um, again, it was it was frustrating to see after fans return um, to, um, to, uh, to, the, to, to League and Games to see uh, projectiles thrown and, and arrests made at Montpellier. Valentin Rongier was hit by a bottle, I think, and had a bad cut. Um, obviously very, very disappointing. Um, Marseille um, even seemed to be playing a WM, which was, which was fantastically exciting. Um, Jez, I really wanted to get your thoughts on, on where you see this Marseille team going to some extent, because there feels like a completely new team. It feels like a complete new ethos. Guendouzi, Gerson, um, Conrad de la Fuente was really good. Cengiz Under was both was, was great as well. Um, they really impressed, and there's a there's a chance for them this season, though. 
I think they've got um, fantastic. They've had a brilliant transfer window. I think um, at the end of last season, there was a bit of beef between Longoria and a few of the the sort of more stalwart coaches of League Ad, kind of accusing it. Well, he criticised certain aspects of French football and, and they kind of came back saying, who is this sort of 30-year-old upstart? And at the start of the transfer window, it did feel like Marseille were just being linked to every single player that was possibly for sale and it it, it was getting a bit silly. But you have to say that he's, he's had a fantastic transfer window, bringing in, um, you know, young talents, also a couple of players with a lot to prove from Arsenal, for example. And I think that he's done his part um, you know, building a, a really good balanced squad, which is particularly impressive considering their financial straits. And on the other side, Sam Pauli so far is very much doing doing his part, just getting the best out of the players. As you said, a kind of very fluid footballing system. I think, um, you know, it looked like a sort of 3-3-3-1 at times with bizarrely Payet kind of leading the line, um, but lots of kind of interchange. Um, as you said, De La Fuente, I... I was surprised to see him start. I thought he'd be used more as a kind of super sub for a lot of the season, but he was he was fantastic. And and you know they went two 0 down, but clearly didn't deserve to. I mean they 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 were making all the running, and they were two kind of free goals. The first one an own goal, the second one I'm still not entirely sure if Laborde meant it or not. But I think previous Marseille sides you'd have you'd, they'd have probably hung their heads and and gone on to to kind of meekly lose a match like that and that that they were able to you know keep keep their heads up and turn it around and that Payet as we know he's a real sort of Jekyll and Hyde character in terms of whether he's fit and interested or not but for him to kind of really step up and and run the show after after going behind I think it, it really speaks a lot for what San Paoli is kind of instilling into the team um, my only concern, kind of, I think Sam Pauli in some ways is a, although he's kind of more extrovert, I think he's a similar kind of character to Bielsa, just in terms of the intensity. And I don't know if it's possible to live with that kind of intensity over 38 matches. Already yesterday, he looked like he was about to kind of explode with, I don't know if it was joy or tension or anger or whatever it was, but, you know, you sort of worry about his health at times. And if that transmits to the players, I don't know if there will be a sort of element of fatigue at some point, but definitely that I think they certainly they're set up to play them, be the most entertaining Marseille team that we've seen for, for several years. But also I, I don't think you can call anyone a contender. I think really PSG should be running away with it, but no reason at all why they can't be up there challenging for second. I still have, I know I, I tipped them as well to finish second last week, but I still have some doubts about Monaco when they're really under pressure and where, where whether they have any anyone that you can really call a reliable goal scorer to bail them out, even when they're not playing well. Um, and so I, I, I think Marseille are up there and, and could well... Um, take that second spot by the end of the year if they manage to to maintain the the sort of positive vibes, I guess that they they built up maybe even at the very end of last year, but certainly over the summer. Um, yeah, re- really impressive overall. Yes and no. Like I, I again, I only watched the highlights of this. I, I'll, I'll I'll cop to that. But um, again, you know, okay, this is Montpellier who were decent last year, but you know, a few things to consider. It's an Olivier Delio team, which 
we know <laughs> means they're not going to be the most defensively sound. They're also missing Pedro Mendes and Mamadou Sako, who are, I think most people expect to be their first choice center pairing. Uh, missing Jonas Omlin, uh, their keeper. Um, I agree. Missing the pairing was a big factor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, this Esteve, I don't even know who that is. Like, I've never heard of that player. Um, yeah. So, I, I it's, it, you know, again, you can only be what's in front of you. Yes, they show good character. And I think that, that has been a hallmark of St. Pauli's teams. But um, I was kind of back and forth. And I was also like, okay, yes, Marseille won when I saw the result. Then I watched the highlights and said, well, okay, yes, but. Um, so again, again, a strong Marseille, I'll say this a million times that, you know, it's just sort of a running thing I have when, when Mo Muhammad Ali is on here, um, you know, strong Marseille is good for Liga. Their support, the passion, their fans show, um, the brand, the branding that they have is a good thing. Um, and it's fun to see a team's playing like this, but again, yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I, I would say that, uh, the level of focus and determination that, uh, you know, other teams appear to be showing, um, you know, Monaco, okay, yeah, they only drew against Nantes, but again, that match clearly is not their focus until they're in the Champions League group stage. They, can, not, they can't afford to do that. Um, and I think there's, again, good things to come from, you know, Lille show good character as well. Um, yeah, so great results. Let's uh, take a beat before we, uh, you know, uh, phrase this this team to the heavens, I would say. Uh, not that I'm not implying that you were doing that, Jeremy, but it just... Uh, that's where I'm at with with them. No, I agree. I agree with all of that. It's just that generally, I find it very hard to find anything that you could call a positive dynamic when it comes to Marseille. Right, um, and Milan still will come back too. We, we shouldn't undersell that. And and this, I know that the law said that this felt more like an away game for Montpellier, but this was away from home, somewhere that's supposed to be. Well, it turned out it was hostile in the wrong way, but supposed to be a, a relatively hostile place to go you know, in front of the velodrome. We know that it can go both ways with the velodrome crowd, but this kind of football and this kind of heart that they showed yesterday with a velodrome crowd behind them could be a, a pretty, pretty awesome thing. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, it, it is an exciting prospect. I agree. I'm sort of somewhere between the two of you. I think it's a really, you know, I, I'm quite hot on them. I, I, I thought they were good. I thought that... The style that some Pauli espouses with uh, with the uh, Dela Fuente and possibly Luis Enrique at some point and Cengiz Under are uh, sort of getting chalk on their boots, as it were, um, and sort of relying on their one on one abilities, which they do both. Have, you know, as they showed yesterday, have significant uh, amounts of. And and one of the things that really I, I enjoyed, a small thing, is the way Under often crosses the ball. He does this weird sort of sort of was sort of duck leg kind of flick thing, um, sort of flicks on somewhere between a flick and a scoop. So if you, when you watch Marseille, keep an eye on that. Um, but there's this holes in this team too. Uh, I was disappointed in Gerson. I maybe he's a bit out of position, really far forward, and was running beyond Pye at times. Uh, Luan Perez looked very dodgy, and that you could really get at him. Um, Saliba was up and down. Um, so there are definitely there are definitely holes in the team. But um, here's hoping to them gelling. And, and as as Eric said, I 100% agree. A good Marseille is good for good for Ligue. Scoreless draw against Bordeaux at the weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, nil nil, and no shots from target uh, at all. Um, Bordeaux and, uh, would definitely take that now. They would. They 100 take that. Um, they take that for most weeks of the way it's, the way it's going. <laughs> um, anyway, top of the table with with Marseille. Uh, hopefully or not hopefully, but as we predicted last season, last last podcast last week, 
in our second and third positions. Monaco, um, Eric, um, played well in the first half, I felt. Good, great little goal. Great ball from Henrique for, for, for uh, Jelson, Jelson Martins uh, to, to get on the end of. But um, non-battle to a draw and fair play to them. Yeah, again, uh, I know you guys were kind of uh, surprised that I had been, been so so into into Nantes and I I think that they showed a lot of a lot of energy a lot of dedication um they didn't sit back um when they conceded uh even even though Monaco looked sharp and we're we're pressing uh we're pressed for a second um yeah I, I think a lot of credit has to go has to go to go to a not side here again we're you know missing some players themselves um I don't think Mutasami and uh Pereira de Sa are going to be starters on a week-in week-out basis uh once they've got everybody fit um, you know, you've got Chiravella to come back. You've got Cyprian, who I think believe had a hamstring issue, uh, not playing in this match. Uh, you've got Khalifa Koulibaly to come back. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that this is a very fine result for not, but to the point about Monaco. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that they, they could have shown a little bit more balance. Um, I think that Enrique and Martins had, had a good game, but, uh, it, it, you know, it was a little bit hard for them to, to get that balance, that, that fluctuation that we've seen. Uh, from these Kovac sides between sort of a, oh, like, I don't know, I guess you call this a three, five, two and a four, four, two, um, you know, there, I, I think clearly, you know, even though, even though, you know, for example, Jean Lucas had some good moments, um, you know, Martins had that, that, um, you know, he's come, sorry, he's coming back in as well. He's someone who hasn't been available for a while. Um, Boadu, I mean, you know, I think he and John Lucas have both had, I mean, John Lucas knows Liga. He had a complete preseason with Leon, uh, but Boadu, you know, has been with the team for two days to start him. You know, you're, it's, again, it's clear that there's, there's a, a large degree of rotation here on the part of Niko Kovac. So, you know, some positive signs. I, I think that, you know, if you're looking at having a more creative option, that midfield if Chamani and Bafana are your, are your first choice options. To have John Lucas in there instead of Cesc Fabregas, and no disrespect meant to Fabregas and what he's achieved in his career, but uh, you know at this point in his career, I, I think John Lucas is a, a more versatile option and, and b an option uh, whose uh, pace and, and mobility is more in keeping with the way Monaco want to play. Um, yeah, again, Sofian Diop is someone who uh, is coming back from, from a, a minor injury. They caused him to miss a couple of preseason matches as well. The freshness, sharpness, focus on other places. I don't, I think that, you know, Monaco showed, hey, we can do this and then sort of let off and sort of paid the price for that. Um, you know, uh, but again, a, a, a pleasant, I'm a pleasant surprise, a decent result for Nantes. Um, and, and again, really like neither here nor there for Monaco. They want to get into the group stage of the Champions League. Uh, the sense that I have from the club is that all of their focus is there uh, in achieving that goal. Just running off the pod, a, a quick word on, on Strasbourg, uh, Angers, a tuna win away at home, away from home for uh, Angers against uh, a Strasbourg side with serious attacking talent. Um, Gromero didn't start, but um, Thomason and uh, Ludovic Jork and Habib Diallo and Warris Majid all did. Um, how did you see this one, Jez? I thought it was interesting because uh, both teams are sort of entering a, a new cycle, if you want. Strasbourg, obviously, with um, under Julien Stefan and Angers after um, years 
years of um, coaching from from Stefan Moulin. So it was interesting to see how both clubs would turn out. And probably most people would have thought that Strasbourg at home, you know, at least with the, the men or crowd behind them, would, would be able to, to eke something out. But actually, I thought they looked a little disappointing. They were slightly unlucky that... Um, well, both teams had very good goals disallowed. Diallo's finish was was excellent. Um, but Angers really looked good. They've they've got that blend of old and young. Cho, I thought, looked really good and, and helped set up the goal up front. Um, you still got the old stalwarts in, in Toma and Traore, for example, in, in defence. And it was Traore again who came up with an important goal. And, and I was sort of pleasantly surprised by the football that Angers showed and simply the fact that they got that result. Um, I... I I think when I heard that Moulin was leaving and everything going on off the pitch there, I, I really was worried for them, but heard good things over the summer about the, the young players that they've got coming through. And so I'm kind of intrigued by them and, and whether they'll be able to sort of push on from, from the Moulin years and, and maybe change their style of football and, and, and do something a bit different. And this was, this was a positive start, I think. Absolutely. Perhaps the, the most surprise, surprising result of, of the weekend. And Batikla looks like an interesting coach. Looks like he wants to play on the front foot. A switch of formation, which is unusual for them. They're normally quite pragmatic and, and quite sort of uh, reserved. Like they, they, they sort of keep the ball nicely and, and use it in midfield relatively well. But they're a very pragmatic team, under, have been anyway, under Mulan. But um, yeah, Batikla looks like he wants to play some football, which is, um, which is exciting. And um, a lot of teams do that. It felt like the, the weekend was characterised by sort of flair and, and invention and, and youth. And, uh, and it was a really exciting attacking attacking league this weekend. So hopefully um, that continues. OK, that brings us to the end of the Get French Football News Show for this Monday. Uh, for all the latest transfer news, uh, do follow us on Twitter at GFFN and check out the website uh, www.getfootballnewsfrance.com uh, We'll be back next Monday discussing such delights as Lorient Monaco, Lille Nice, PSG Strasbourg uh, and the Sunday night game Marseille against Bordeaux. Another exciting weekend to come, hopefully uh, with Lille Messi on board at PSG by that point. Do keep an eye out for uh, a, a special Leo Messi pod if he does sign. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about him exclusively for a for, for 25 minutes, half an hour or so. Uh, a momentous occasion for French football, should it come to pass. Also, uh, Eric uh, completed uh, uh, his fantastic 63-page um, uh, guide to the league and season. Um, do check it out. It is on our, on our, on our Twitter, uh, uh, pinned to our Twitter profile. It's fantastic work and really detailed, as, as Eric said last week, really granular depth. Uh, and it's free to download, so do check it out. It's a, it's a really good read and a perfect companion to uh, what will be a thrilling league and season. So my thank you to Eric. Cheers, Eric. Cheers, Adam. A big thank you to Jez as well. Thanks very much. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Have a good week and enjoy the football.